Good morning. This is Michael Stoller for the Stoller Real Estate Report on the Catch Roundtable. This morning, I have the opportunity of having Andrea Himmel, Principal and Chief Investment Officer at Himmel Meringoff Properties. Andrea, you're a New Yorker, born and bred. What do, you, what do you see happening today in the real estate business, especially in your function? Tell us a little bit about the company. Sure. Thanks, Mike. It's great to be back on with you. And um, always exciting to talk about the market, especially at a pretty wild time like this one. So for, for context, um, I'm CIO at Himmel and Marigoff Properties. We have been around for about 40 years, vertically integrated owner-operator of um, commercial office buildings in Manhattan and industrial warehouses in the boroughs, two very different markets right now. Um, on the office side, thankfully, you know, our assets, while B buildings, are in probably what I would call A locations. And so we're benefiting from a, a fair amount of leasing that we did last year. A lot of it in uh, with long-term credit tenants. Um, Life Sciences has done especially well for us. Uh, on the industrial side, um, that's a much more, uh, I think, auspicious uh, future. We, we have um, an eight-acre site in the Bronx with a 300,000 square foot warehouse. And that is long-term being rezoned for a large residential development site. And we're very excited about that. What, what about the opportunity of keeping it as an industrial and making it a very large industrial site? So it's currently, it's about eight acres. And as of right, it, or as it is today, frankly, it's worth more as industrial than residential, even if we can build over 2 million square feet. But... That's a function of where the industrial market is today and the lack of 421A as well as construction costs. We, over time, as long-term owners who have always believed in New York City, who have always been in emerging neighborhoods before they have emerged, Harlem in the 1970s, um, Queens in the 80s, uh, we, we are very excited about this opportunity, especially as uh, I'm a board member of Habitat for Humanity. Affordable housing, it's the most important thing I think we can work on right now. But what about, there are no 421As? No. But the train will be delivered, you know, it's timing. So there are four new train stops coming to the Bronx uh, uh, via Metro North. The MTA is running this. And they go straight to Penn Station. We're the second stop within 17 minutes of the city. Um, as, as such, we're the largest site on that rezoning. And the train probably will be completed in 2027. We have leases in place a little beyond that um, on the industrial side. By by that point in time, you know, we do think 421A may not so, come back, but right, some iteration Some, some would iteration be. will yeah. probably come back. Let's talk about the B properties because there are many B properties, but I would consider your properties B+. Plus, Thank you. Uh, especially because of the owners and the managers of the property. It's a different category. There are people in the garment center who have B properties or even lower Manhattan but they don't have the wherewithal to maintain the properties. So how do you differentiate yourself from the other owners of B properties? So it's a great point. And everyone talks about the bifurcation and between A and B and the flight to quality, and everyone needs to have a brand new building. I think it's a little more nuanced than that. I think the bifurcation is actually between A locations, A landlords who have liquidity to build out space and B locations and B landlords who may or may not have that liquidity. So for us, we've benefited from just having wonderfully located properties, Flatiron, Nomad, um, one property on West 57th Street that's a stone's throw from, from a hospital, um, and it's a life science building, so uh, Soho. 
because of these locations, we were able to do a fair amount of leasing in the past, you know, year, two years during a time when leasing was, you know, was, was troubled. And so, and we did great leases, long-term tenants, um, high quality credit. So for us, we're seeing a B portfolio that actually has, you know, high occupancy and, and good tenancy. Um, that's not the case of all B buildings. I'm starting to look at the debt transacting on other properties, whether it's Garment or Midtown, Midtown East or West. Um, and I, you know, in those cases, I don't think, you know, a lot of them aren't even worth the debt. Um, and that's just a function of work from home. I mean, you're, you're seeing RXR, Silverstein properties, and a number of other owners giving back their properties to the banks. Sure. And I, you know, obviously, they're the smartest in the industry, and, and it does say something. And, you know, um, you know Scott Reckler, you know, I went to a, a lunch he spoke at, and he said, you know, are we Kodak in the face of digital? And I think that's a really astute point. I don't think Now, the, the question of the people over there, if they even remember who Kodak was. Fair. Ask Rochester. Right. <laughs> but, you know, I think... You know, I think some office is Kodak right now. Not all. I, I do think there will be. There, it's New York City. It's going to come back. But I think it would be ignorant to say that work from home is temporary. There's a, an element of it that is 100% secular, and here to stay. I just don't know how much of it. You know, maybe we overcorrected. So the question is, what percent of the office stock is going to be utilized? And also, not. You know, if we look at the vacancy and we say, oh, there's an 18% vacancy rate. Well. Everything that's vacant is not available for lease because some of the landlords don't have the money to put in the work. So we'll see over time. With regard to that, what's the status? You keep in touch with the banks. What are the banks acting at today? Are they looking at any B properties or are they staying very quiet because of the, you know, the Silicon Valley Bank, the Signature Bank? you know, the First Republic failure. Sure. And we've always relied on what we consider the lifeblood of the banking system, which is the, the local savings banks. And they, you know, relationship banking. And for us, they're a bit pencils down now. And that is creating strife. However, it will also create opportunity. It means that cash is king. So if you have the cash, you know, and you can arbitrage time and wait to refinance later on when both rates are lower and liquidity is more open to taking on commercial office New York City risk, then you go, you know, you try to put in the cash today and, you know, pull it out later if you can. You know, uh, for a couple of years, many people would take industrial buildings and convert them into offices. Unfortunately, many of them are still vacant. What's your thoughts about people then converting the office space back to industrial it's i mean we i i mentioned this we we own a building in long island city the noodle factory and it's um it's one of those buildings that was industrial it still is it's got warehouse tenancy storage and and storage tenants mostly um however we we invested a lot of capital to repurpose it more for a tammy office market and that office market never really um, materialized in long island city and so we're touring now more tenants that are warehouse-based, even a micro-fulfillment company. So for us, I think, you know, we moved a tenant from the top floor, which has skylights and could activate the rooftop, to the ground floor. But maybe we shouldn't have done that because the ground floor has the loading and the docks, and maybe those should have been enabled for more warehouse leasing. Okay. You have a property at 408th Avenue in the Hudson Yards neighborhood. What's going on in the Hudson Yards neighborhood? So that 
this property is city leased, and, and across our portfolio, we have a lot of exposure with to the city. We actually are big fans of having them as tenants. They're sticky, they're loyal, um, and you know we've we've put them into new properties as well as continued renewing them in, in uh, on Queens Boulevard and in Sunnyside. We have had the city since 1986 when we bought the building, and recently renewed them uh, there for a little almost 200,000 square feet. Let's talk about 525 West 57th Street, which you call a life science building. What's going there? Well, we never called it a life science building, and it always was. It, it was We bought it in 2005 for less than a work letter, um, and its tenants included at the time LabCorp, Genzyme, um, various other life science-oriented companies, such as the largest MS research foundation in the world. Um, CBS was our tenant also at the time, paying 16 bucks a foot. They had 200,000 square feet. It's a 500,000 square foot building, M-zoned. It was originally built for Potamkin for their cars, so it has very heavy floor loads and good venting, things that are important for, for life science. We happen to be close to Mount Sinai West, which is important because if you want to get insurance coverage, there's a rule in New York State that insurance will only cover up to 250 yards from the hospital. And so we are within a stone's throw, and that has enabled us to do a fair amount of leasing with them. In the life science space in New York City, you could have gone one of two ways. You could make the bets on the venture-backed 15,000 square foot biotech companies that have you know, deadlines to meet for the FDA and therefore are supposedly willing to pay anything and you build pre, you know, pre-builds $450 a foot on spec. We did not want to go that option. We felt like there was a lot of risk in that strategy. And so we waited it out for the larger institutions to come to us. And uh, that, that's, that's in order to our benefit. T- timing is everything. Yes. So, you know, normally if on my TV show, I had my apples. Yeah. Okay, so I don't have my apple here, but how would you look at the future, the end of the year? Is the apple going to be shiny, or what What do you say? I hope that the future goes longer than it goes past the end of the year. I think the end of the year is probably, you know, still somewhat uh, cloudy, and, and, and we're still in this. I think it gets bur- worse before it gets better. Um, but over time, you know, interest rates will come down, I don't think yet. And I think people will return to normalcy in terms of work patterns. But, you know, I used to work in oil and gas. We never could pretend we knew the oil price or could forecast it. That's not, you know, I can just tell you that it will be better. I'm not going to pretend I know when. And especially with people like you in the real estate business, I'm certain that it will be. I'd like to thank Andrea Himmel for being here for the Stoller Real Estate Report. Thank you.